climate change and terrorism? Huh? What do those two things have to get, do with each other? Well, climate change and terrorism. We're going to be talking about that today on the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Climate change and terrorism, I know what you're thinking. What is she talking about? She's just trying to get me more scared about terrorism. That's it. Well, that's how I thought and felt also as soon as I started reading about this, um, the new report that's come out, but it actually makes a lot of sense. So I know, I know there are some of you who are thinking there is no such thing as climate change. <laughs> so certainly what does that have to do with terrorism? But we're going to put that aside for now. This isn't a political uh, podcast. So um, we'll, let's just look at, because it totally makes sense. Really, we should have been talking about this and thinking about this sooner. So climate change, what is climate change? It's a change in global or regional climate patterns or weather conditions. And it's been um, something that we've been looking at as being apparent from the mid to the late 20th century on to today, of course. It's the, the voices talking about climate change have gotten louder and louder. And it's attributed primarily to the increased levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that's produced by the use of fossil fuels, which of course is why the whole thing has become so politicized. But anyhow, <laughs> um, you know, you may be thinking that this is just a way to pay more attention to terrorism or to become, now, now there's something else that causes an increase in terrorism, right? Well, no, let's, let's think about this. Let me tell you about the report, first of all. It's called the Insurgency, Terrorism, and Organized Crime in a Warming Climate. Um, analyzing the links between climate change and non-state armed groups, meaning groups like ISIS. So um, groups like the UN, the EU, and the G7, and a, a greater, a, an increasing number of uh, countries have classified climate change as a threat to global and national security. So there's, in other words, an increasing awareness of this link. And it's not that climate change automatically leads to uh, terrorism, but it's called a threat multiplier meaning that it interacts with other existing risks and pressures in a particular area, and it increases the likelihood that people there will become prey to terrorists. So I'm going to talk about some examples of this. I know you're not convinced yet. <laughs> so um, we'll look at, um, at some examples. And the gist of this is, that climate change produces things like natural disasters and it produces um, uh, droughts and um, of course floods as well. All, all the things that, that, um, are, that manipulate our, our environment um, in ways that it's hard for man to control. So what happens is, for example, when there's a drought, 
of course that makes it more difficult for farmers in that region to um, to grow food. So the drought brings starvation. And um, it also brings uh, problems with people maintaining their livelihoods. If they have anything to do, it could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, like um, Hurricane Katrina, for example. You know, not only did it wasn't just a matter of, of crops, it had to do with um, a lack of tourism um, and and places being destroyed, hotels being destroyed. I mean, it can affect people with all different kinds of livelihoods, not just farmers. So it's also a security threat to American troops who are in areas where there is the worst uh, climate change. So basically what terrorists have, have begun to do is to turn natural resources into weapons of war and they control access to these natural resources and the more um, a region the more scarcity there is in a region the more the people who control these resources can be in power so here are some examples um, in nigeria there is an area in the northeast of Nigeria, that's where most of the terrorists, the Boko Haram terrorists, are. And it's near Lake Chad. Chad. And there's, um, there have been food and water shortages there. The region is in uh, near economic collapse, and the government is weak, and it makes it a ripe area for recruiting for Boko Haram. 72% of the people live in poverty there. More than 50% are malnourished. And the more desperate people are, the more frightened they are, the more poor they are, the more um, they think that someone who comes there and offers them another way of life, they want to believe that. Uh, so it makes it easier for the terrorists to convince them with promises, with other kinds of ways of earning a livelihood uh, and so on to join to join their ranks to become terrorists and um, this isn't of course just happening in Boko Haram I'll, I'll be telling you about other examples too but I want to tell you I spent some time in Africa on safari uh, and it's a oh, First, let me tell you what a beautiful, beautiful continent it is. Someplace that everybody should go visit, and sooner rather than later. And safaris, of course, allow you to, uh, to really get deeper into the jungle and see amazing sights of nature, amazing animals. And uh, it just, it, it's like being on another planet, really, because of how beautiful it is and different it is than any place else in the world. And I would urge you to go there sooner rather than later because um, it's not just Nigeria, you know, where terrorists are infiltrating, but um, it is more and more countries that are at risk of that. And yes, a lot of it does have to do with climate change because, um, because of how delicate the balance is there, especially in terms of water. So, the, and the people in Africa, the general population, 
um, do not have access to air conditioning or frozen food or Perrier. So they are really dependent upon what nature brings them. And they're very much out in the open, uh, particularly dependent upon it. Well, in other ways that terrorists have used the, these climate changes, for example, not only, um, not only do they, do they uh, control dams, take over dams, and use water like a weapon of war, um, but they, not only do they control dams to make water more scarce, but they can control dams to flood areas as well. So for example, in 2015, ISIS closed the gates of a dam to more easily attack the enemies downstream by depriving them of water. And they've flooded areas to force people to leave their homes and then they are able to come in and, and take over. Um, in, in, as I was saying, Africa is Lake Chad, uh, that provides an economic livelihood for most of the population that lives there. And so as the lake has shrunk, that shrinks the, uh, the economic opportunities for the people who live there. And then that makes them more susceptible to being recruited by Boko Haram. Um, Syria, for example, well, also in any of these places, when there are climate changes and various problems, when a government is weak and seems like they're responding slowly to natural disasters or scarcities of water and food, uh, the terrorists can then come in and um, fill the void. In other words, when the people are getting angrier and angrier because they need their water and their food and their jobs, then terrorists um, have an easier job to come in, not only because of what they promised them, but by showing them, pointing out, look what your government is doing, nothing, or very little, or it's corrupt. Another example is Syria. There was a drought, one of the most severe, one of the most severe droughts that they have ever had. It began in 2007. It had a devastating impact on farmers and uh, all of the agricultural sector, and it caused you know food shortages. Therefore, and um, and it, the people in rural Syria moved into the cities, which then became overcrowded which then um, showed how the resources were uh, even more scarce. There were so many people in one same area, and that was who needed, who needed all of these resources, the food and the water. And so that made it easier for terrorists to come in and recruit. Um, now, I'm not saying, and the, the report doesn't say that, that climate change causes terrorism. It's not at the root of terrorism. It's just making the terrorists, giving the terrorists an easier time. It's creating an environment where terrorism can thrive. And I'm also not saying that terrorists cause climate change, which would be, it would be nice to blame it on the terrorists, actually, but um, that is not true. Uh, in our... Um, in the United States, the Department of Defense has classified climate change officially as a 
threat multiplier, as I was talking about before, that you know, it, it's able to exacerbate conflicts in a region by creating the scarcity of resources. And, um, and that includes, of course, you know, also the problems for our military who are in these countries and are being affected by the scarcity as well. Uh, what else? First of all, when um, there's, a, there's another way, another example of how terrorists use uh, climate change and use these, this scarcity and use um, the unrest that occurs to their advantage is in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, there has been um, diminishing rain, rainfall. And before ISIS and all that, I mean, um, aside from now, this is helping to create um, a boon for terrorism, you know, more recruiting for terrorists. In addition to that, uh, there, or before that, there, was all, there were already local conflicts regarding land and water. And so here's an area where there's already been for years and years all this unrest fighting over land and water, and that makes them more vulnerable to terrorists who come in and um, want, promise them a better land <laughs> and, uh, you know, get them to, to, uh, to um, recruit them to join the terrorists. So... Um, They've also, ISIS has also poisoned drinking water, believe it or not, on some occasions. Now, that's not, that has nothing to do with climate change other than the fact that if climate change has caused a scarcity of water in a particular area and then ISIS comes in and poisons some of it, then that gives them even more control over the scarcer uh, amount of water that there is. So um, why, why should you care? <laughs> oh, and, and why should you care is because it's not just in these areas that I've mentioned so far, but it's also in areas where there aren't, there haven't been um, uh, places um, where, in places that you might not expect yet as being recruiting targets of terrorists. So for example, um, gang violence in Guatemala, that has been linked to disasters uh, linked to climate change, such as storms and floods and landslides. And so uh, groups that would be making their money by drug trafficking expanded by providing services to get local support from Guatemalans. So in other words, it doesn't have to be in areas where there's particularly active conflict, like Afghanistan, for example, but it could be in, um, in other countries and it could be not necessarily terrorists, but an increasing gang violence. So it's just the general sense that, it's, that, the, that the climate change is increasing the scarcity and the sense of desperation and um, the sense that, that um, a, a desire, a need to look for somebody to come in to save them. And um, what, the, what this means for you 
is that what, what it means for all of us is that we have to pay more attention more quickly to areas around the world where there is already conflict and even areas where there isn't as much conflict but where climate change comes in and then increases all of these um, problems as, as they call it a threat multiplier these things these things that were sitting there that were problems and then the climate change comes in and makes these little problems a lot bigger and the bigger the problem the bigger the unrest in a particular area the more hopeless and helpless people feel and the more desperate people feel even terrorists begin to look good even what the terrorists are, are trying to convince them of um, begins to look good. In other words, you know, the terrorists um, uh, twist the words of the Quran and uh, try to give pe these people, these desperate people, a purpose, get them to believe in something, uh, get them to believe that if they follow along with the terrorists, that they will be doing something positive in the world and that this is, uh, you know, that this is something that Allah will be proud of them for doing and so on. So it's just when you're when you're feeling hopeless and helpless and, and desperate and at your wit's end, um, you're, it's easier to convince you to believe anything. And this anything these days happens to be terrorism. Well, now I usually uh, I usually read a letter uh, addressed to me, and I'm going to be telling you how you can write to me. Uh, to give me comments, things you'd like me to talk about, questions that you have, and so on, just as I've been doing in the previous podcast. But I thought today, um, since, there, since really uh, climate change and terrorism is not exactly a topic that's on people's minds, uh, we don't really think of those things, two things being connected. So I thought I would instead tell you a little story of something that happened to me yesterday that um, relates to, which of course relates to terrorism, and relates to parenting and terrorism. Um, yesterday, my car wouldn't start. I was parked and all of a sudden I went back into my car and I couldn't get it to start. So I called AAA and a nice AAA man came and he was uh, fixing my battery. He sold me a new battery actually is what he did. And I was, this is a perfect example, I was in a vulnerable state. I needed to get somewhere quickly. I was helpless and hopeless, and he convinced me to buy a new battery, see? Um, and he looked at my license plate, and it's, it, um, it has something about being, it's a, um, a vanity plate, and it has something about being a doctor on it. And he said, what kind of doctor are you? And I said, I'm a psychiatrist. And he said, um, I should come to you when my kids are driving me crazy. So I said, how old are your kids? And he said he had a seven-year-old little girl and a 10-year-old little boy. And I said, um, do you ever talk to them about terrorism? And the guy <laughs> looked kind of uncomfortable. And he said, no, not really. He looked kind of um, uh, shame-faced, you know, that, that, like he knew that he should have been. But he said, um, uh, I said, do you think that they've heard about terrorism? And he said, yeah, but I don't really want to talk about such unpleasant things. 
At which time I then told him that I had a book coming out <laughs> about these unpleasant things um, called Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. And I said, um, I said, do you think maybe, uh, you know, this might be something that you should be talking to them about? And he said, yeah, I know I should. And I kind of went into a little thing about how kids um, hear and know more about terrorism than parents realize. But parents are faced with this. Who wants to talk about terrorism uh, to their innocent little kid? But it is about really figuring out, recognizing that, that kids do know about it. I mean, you have to be, they're not under rocks and they hear television, they hear radio, they go on the internet. And so they know something, but um, do they know what they know? And they hear it from their friends who have, especially when the friends have older siblings. So they really know more than parents think. And what they know may not be what you want them to know as a parent, um, especially hearing it from their friends or their friends' siblings. Things get very confused. It's a very confusing topic for adults. So, of course, kids get confused, and they could be a lot, most of them are a lot more scared than parents realize. So, of course, of course they have to talk to them about it. And I am hoping that my book, which is soon to come out, um, will will be exactly what parents need to make the whole the the talk um, a lot more comfortable and will make their kids a lot less frightened. So <laughs> um, that's uh, my story for today and my my what what this all means for you. Why you should why you should uh, care about. Um, about climate change and terrorism uh, besides as i was saying that we that we in general need to be more take more action when um, there is climate change in a particular area we need to think also about um, how likely that area is how vulnerable they are to terrorists coming in and recruiting but also wherever you live uh, if you live in a place that's been feeling the effects of climate change, you need to look around. Um, perhaps your neighbors aren't becoming terrorists, <laughs> but um, perhaps because they're feeling rather uh, hopeless and helpless and depressed, I mean like days and days of rain or days and days of no rain or, or days of being st of starving um, or eating, you know, eating, whatever you can scrounge, um, do make people do things that they would never have done otherwise. And um, you need to kind of think about whether anyone you know, your neighbors, people you come in contact with, um, might be feeling that desperate. Not necessarily. I know you're thinking, oh, I don't know anybody who's becoming a terrorist. But there might be people you know who are being pushed to take extreme measures that go against their ethics, like white collar crime or even other kinds of crime. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. I want to give you some places where you can contact me with your questions or comments uh, for future shows. And you can go to my website, which is called uh, www.terrorist.com 
therapist.com or uh, my Facebook page. If you just put in the terrorist therapist, it will take you to my Facebook page. And so on my website, you just click on contact and you can uh, send me things through that. Or of course on the Facebook page, the terrorist therapist, um, you can message me. And um, I will be happy to talk about things that you are uh, interested in talking about, questions that you have, questions that you have about your kids and terrorism, or questions about pretty much anything related to terrorists. So again, thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. <laughs>